To a new episode of the BJ Robbins Project. I'm excited. I have a very special guest I have not seen in probably 23 years, uh, Miss Brooke Nugent. Uh, some of you that know me know her as Brooke Beatty. Uh, most people surprised we're in the same room together if you knew <laughs> how we were. So welcome, Brooke. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So it took 20, Finally. 23 years for you to say something nice and want to be around me. <laughs> Because the, our our history together is hilarious. Yeah. Um, we didn't. I don't want to say date because there was never anything positive things said to each other. <laughs> it was like an old married couple that it's like married with children couple in like in the first time we met because we were so much alike. And I realized that now that I'm older and we've talked a few times. Because yes. you're an alpha, I'm an alpha. Total. And my husband and I. Oh my gosh, he hates the fact that I'm an alpha. Yeah, and so like you know, like you picked out my outfit for the dance we went to. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what dance that was. After prom. After prom. Mm-hmm. You picked out my outfit for me. Yeah. And I remember you had this white car, and then in your car you had this flip book that like you could hold up the driver. So we're on sixty five. Oh, yeah. You're sixteen, and I, and um because I'm two years older than you, so I was probably eighteen to seventeen, eighteen at the time. And I'm holding up this drivers as you're going. Now that I have a six-year-old son, I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Forgot about that. I know. I always remember <laughs> weird things because we went to Structure that eventually became Express. Yes. But you turned me on to that store. Yes. And I shopped there forever. Right. And I was like, I want to go to this place. Structure. And, uh, yes. Because wow. in Structure before Sears closed, that's where it went. Okay. So when... um. Uh, we went shopping for, uh, I think we had to go to a funeral or something we had to go to. And we were going through like dress shirts and stuff because uh, Sears always had uh, sales or whatever. And I was like, structure? I was like, Steph, look, structure's here. And she's <laughs> like, okay. Because I had an exp- first credit card I had was Express. Yeah. And then that didn't take long because you're buying $300 trench coats like you need them or something. <laughs> or pea coats. Pea coats were the thing for everybody to have and some scarves or whatever. So, but yeah, we did go to high school together. Yeah. And then you took the worst picture of me ever, if you remember. Yes. Who was sitting? On, who was sitting on the toilet? Do you remember? Oh my gosh, I wish Trisha. I wish Trisha was here because she would know. I don't know because she it was, remembers it was everything one of your, too. You got to talk to one of your female friends sitting on the toilet, but took my face. It might have been Trisha. It might have been her. I think it was actually because you two were awful together. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can I apologize? No, it made me who I am now. <laughs> okay. I invited you on the show, so obviously it didn't. And then yeah. you passed out these flyers throughout school. Yeah. And then all throughout school. And then I Sharan wrapped your car with Sunny D bottles. That's right. So yes. So and you wonder why? And it's amazing I've been married this long because if you knew me then, then you're like, man, he's kind of a, he's got some issues. So. Yeah. But we have actually have a lot in common um, in, in our lives because we we kind of because you actually used to do radio back in the day, right? Yes. What did you used to do? <clears throat> so I was a DJ on 92.3 WTTS um, all throughout college. Well, actually, I was uh, I worked at the local radio station in Seymour in high school and just did like commercials and stuff and weather. And then I my freshman year of high school or of college, I went to IU and I see 92.3, they broadcast out of Bloomington, but they don't want you to know that, but they actually, they're in Bloomington, but they're all their advertising comes from Indy, but their studios are in Bloomington. So I went my freshman year and gave them an air check and they hired me on the spot. So I was a DJ there for four years of uh, college. What, what was some of your highlights, favorite things about doing that? Um, just, I love music, so, you know, um, just being around all the music, meeting people, you know, and I networked a lot. I met a lot of people that I still keep in contact with today, so. Yeah, it's kind of like podcasting, because we've made a lot of friends through this that we network yeah. and do things with, so. But was you on air, too, also as a DJ, yeah. right? Yeah, so overnights. That, 
Yeah. Did did you have like did you use your name or did you have like your own call your sign off signal or anything yeah. like that? <laughs> they I use my but since I was in college that you know for security reasons they didn't want me to use my last name but they gave me the option of Brooke Broadripple, Brooke Butler or Brooke Steele. So I did Brooke Butler. I was Brooke Butler. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, you seem like more of a Brooke Steele. I know. I thought that was like sounded porny. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's as soon as I said it did. <laughs> I, we have Google. I guarantee if you Google it, that'll pop right. up. Right. And so, um, but and that was and that's one of the things that because when the what started the prank war was me and one of our mutual friends, Mike Roberts. Um, yes. We did the tape making fun of you guys. Yeah. And that's what started my love for being in a studio. Yeah. Um, it took me I don't know twenty some years to finally get in a studio and have a studio, but that's what started it. Was the reaction of something I did, and we handed it to people, and they're like, "Wow, that's funny!" And yeah, and, and it took twenty years to get where I'm at, or whatever. And but I enjoy it so much now, and then I have so much joy with it. And I knew you used to do it. Yeah, and I was like, and I've had Paige on here. She did great. She did so good. I was um, so proud of her. Love Paige. Um, she's my bestie. She's she's a great girl. Um, Trish scares me still this she's day. She's also my bestie. <laughs> I know. She just has something about her. Like she stab you at any point. She's funny. Um, but no, you, you guys were hilarious together and I always wanted to do something like that. But I know that you have an amazing story too. Yeah. Because you listened to the show I did a few weeks ago with Dustin Roller, which is speaking from experience where I talked about anxiety, depression, yeah. and you were actually shocked by some of the things, not Can't, shocked, yeah. but like because there's things about people that people don't really know yeah and i was so um just impressed with your honesty and and didn't would never have known that about you ever like you don't come across you don't come across like you feel that way inside you're so confident you seem so confident and yeah you would never know and, and then, so I thanks for being honest about that. It's yeah, hard. It, it is hard, and and I think that's one of the reasons I started the show was is have honest conver- conversations because I think there's things that go on people's life they don't know about because they're afraid to say something. Yeah, because they don't want to be embarrassed. Is and, yeah, and on stigma. this and on this and on this episode we're gonna get into addiction because I'm a functioning addict. I still take Vicodin every day. I started on a very high dose for chronic pain. And then I didn't know how to handle it when I got it. Yeah. Um, I used to get 240 Vicodin tens. We call them, I call them tens. I know there's different, I, we call them yellow bombers. Like yeah. We call them yellow bombers. We called chasing a dragon, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I was taking up to 10 or 12 a day. I was supposed to take six. Yeah. My morning routine would be take two and drink a green monster. That was my morning. Yeah. And then smoke a half pack, like just smoke like crazy cigarettes because of the, and then I fell in love with the feeling of the euphoria mm-hmm. of not being pain free. And then before you know it, it's like you get out of control. Yeah. Which I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the term functioning addict, but I think that, um, that you take pain pills now for your pain. Yes. Yeah. And it then, got out of control. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then the term functioning addict, what I mean is, is like, it still scares me on a daily basis. Okay. Yeah. Especially having depression, anxiety, because when you have those things, it's like you try, you try to cover it up with whatever you can. Yeah. Um, I actually don't drink alcohol. I don't yeah. use any other drugs. Good for you. Um, because I know it'll do. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that mind state of, and we had other people that were taking them at the same time. And then it's like, you try to get validation, like. Man, I'm taking away too many. Like, oh no, I'm, I'm dead. Yeah. yeah, and that's a scary Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I'm. I started at 240 tens, and now I take two fives a day that are split in half. So, which is the, amazing and so hard to do. Yes. So I turned 40 March the fifth, and then by March the fifth, I will be opiate free. That's my goal. It's taken. It's been a year process. That's amazing. And I'm proud of you. Yes. That's so hard. My body feels like shit. Yeah. Because I feel will. every part. I it feel will. every part of my pain. Yes. Um, but and it's w- magnified because you're used to, you know, not feeling that, numbing it. A lot of it goes to AP though. Like um, he's been very supportive because if you if if you're with somebody who's went through that process, and because that's one of the biggest things is we were talking about off air. It's like you almost have to have someone to talk to about it. totally because if you don't then you feel more alone and then but he went through it i've put 
and then he's been helping me like i'm like hey man i cut back and he's like hell yeah and he's like yeah try this what if you try and then because he's been through it i put two other friends through rehab yeah um one's not not well and the other one has been i think probably about a year clean yeah like he was drug alcohol got to the point where he couldn't buy pills he was doing buying five dollar black tar heroin because it was cheaper oh oh yeah and and i don't think a lot of people know who who are addicts and and because as an addict myself like i never want to admit like i'm fine Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna push through it yeah and i think it's really important to have like i obviously i'm a recovering addict and i um I, I don't know where I would be without my recovery community and my friends that are in recovery or just friends that I can talk to. Like like Paige and Trisha, they're not in recovery, but but they know all about my struggles and I can talk to them. And But then I've got, you know, a couple of really good friends in recovery too. And like like you were talking about AP, I don't know what I would do without them. That's, that's important. Because yeah, you, you have to have people that understand. I'm not saying that they understand like, no, no, I get it. This happens. But like, I actually understand that like, it is a disease. Yes. And um, which is yeah. And it's weird is because you don't know you have like alcoholics and they'll have it and, and they say a lot of it's based on your environment and I get that. But mine was based on a doctor's treatment said, Here, this will help you. Yeah. But I never knew about the side effects. Yeah. I mean, this was two thousand and eight. Tell you. Two thousand eight is <laughs> when I started. Yeah. And then so I've been on this since two thousand eight. So it's been eleven years since I've t- taken them and um now they have the pain management clinics right is that what you have to go to well, I no i still go to my doctor you do i have to get drug tested twice a year yeah hundred dollars a piece which i have to pay for which, wow. is, which is ridiculous i get two i get two scripts and then i have to drive up and get two more scripts and i have to go every four months and pay a copay yeah so, wow so because in order for him to stay my doctor i have to sign these things and i failed a drug test and Did they I, cut you off no i got my one warning i didn't know um it was at my my father just passed and i was at my mom's house had a real bad migraine and i said hey does anybody have anything for a migraine and being an idiot didn't realize it was something that's on that list because i said hey is this opiate based if it is that's fine i won't it's no i can take it yeah well it was a different kind of opiate oh. strain. yeah so i actually took um oxycodone or yeah something. yeah and i didn't know it's, i'm not saying i'm naive but i'm like opiate yeah, opiate we're good right? i got pop for that yeah and i was like what are you talking about yeah and because during a during the funeral time you're like you're not thinking straight like i had to get a speech the next morning the eulogy and i'm my migraine's going crazy so i just took it and then i failed it and they call, i remember they called me and i was like what do you mean i failed it and um because you know, the weird part is he's like well if it's weed i'm not gonna say anything and i was like that is weird yeah i was like it's still legal in indiana and he's just like yeah i know he's like yeah. he's like as long as it's not like coke or something and i'm like okay well if it is i'm hoping we have a plan yeah so, but but um <laughs> i don't know i didn't really know what to say when he said well yeah. as long as it's not coke and i'm like okay what about which is strange because it was another form of an opiate it wasn't like yeah so and i took heroin and i took anything, i took one yeah but i had my drug laying down the law i yeah and then because doctors doctors got out of control there's a doctor in virginia i told this story i, I don't I know what to call it, it. And then and the people were driving for miles yeah. and miles and miles. And then uh, there's pain clinics in Bedford and, and just right where, where we grew up that were given sexual favors. Oh, my God. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. We, we have we have people that we trust with our – and I'm not saying all it's doctors. It's that are. bad, BJ. Yep. I know. Because what happened was is when people could no longer sell them and they went on pill counts and went to the pain clinics. So I still go to my regular doctor, right? Because I, I, I said I will obey you by all these rules. So the pain clinics are busting people and then people were buying those from other people. And so when that dried up, like in Scott, that's what happened in Scott County. Yeah. And like, and, and I, it's just, it's so difficult to, to watch that. This is something that we, you put a lot of people on and then you're like, no, no, we're going to cut you off. Yeah. Uh, Cause I remember going through withdrawal once. It's yeah. The worst in the world. I was in Cleveland, Ohio working. I don't think I've ever really told this whole story before. So you said, be honest. So I'm going to, so I was in a hotel room by myself. And what I had been doing was, is I'd been taking so many, um, I was, this is before any regulations, just like 2000, uh, 2012, 2013. I was getting, 
and so i would go buy them that's before you could just pay for them you're like hey you're buying getting them early there was no regulation you can just get them whatever you want to get yeah. them right so i got to the point where i got ahead of my script and they wouldn't fill it so i was in cleveland and i was talking to the doctor and then they called my wife they called my pharmacist and they said is he abusing them is this happening and i was of course i'm gonna lie about it yeah like i'm out of control so i'm sitting there i have that bottle in my hand i have one left i'm thinking do i take this tonight right do i take it in the oh morning my gosh, yep and so but they agreed they agreed to fill it right the, and they agreed to fill it the next morning and the next morning was my 33rd birthday so i take it and i'm sitting there looking at it and then i take it and then i'd been taking so many so one wasn't nothing mm-hmm. so then here comes the anxiety here comes i can't sleep i didn't have to be at work to like i think seven i was in the parking lot at four thirty. oh yeah just sitting there and if i could have broke into a pharmacy the night or robbed somebody i would have done it i, I was yeah, that desperate crazy um and then i was sitting there at work sitting down i told them I, and i was fairly new to this company and this is a high paying job right it was well over six figures and I'm and I'm about ready to mess it up right. because I don't know what to do. And you would have. Yeah, because it. yeah. And so I um luckily got off early and then they filled it. They said, Well, we're gonna go ahead and fill it this one time, but you can't get it filled for every thirty days. Uh, so I drove in the snow yeah. home and then um I got to the house and I and I'd never been away on my birthday. I mean I had kids, I mean and my boys and I took that and I took that one and in like half hour, everything just went back to normal. Yeah. But I just remember sitting out on the patio and Stefan went to sleep or whatever. And the boys were asleep and then I was on the patio just crying and I was just like, like I'm addicted. You got to get this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you got to fix this. And, 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 um, and I didn't right away. Cause you know, when I got to work, like the, I drove through the night or whatever it was, got to work the next day or whatever. And then I remember taking two instead of taking one. And then and when I came back and then I didn't have the best support because not because of Steph, it has nothing to do with, I didn't want to bring her in it. Yeah. Cause you don't want to bring in someone you care about right. and be like, drag them to the mud. Yeah. Cause we had just got back together. Yeah. I lived this to. double life forever because of that. Yeah. And, and you have, and when you already have the depression, anxiety, and then you add on addiction and then like, and then, I didn't know what to do and then I finally got mine under control where I can manage mine manage taking what I was supposed to take I mean because I mean we knew people that were selling them getting top dollars for them and like you know we were and then points were buying them and stuff like that mm -hmm. and then like um it was it was just it just became normal yeah it was just like all you knew were people that took pain pills and then people knew that you had them yeah you come here by his best friend yeah oh yeah because I played softball, I take play softball, and I would take one or whatever like I'm supposed to. And someone's so like, "Hey, you getting extra of those?" And you're like, yeah. "No, <laughs> no." But it was it, it was bad. So that that's where I'm at from 2008 to 2019. It has been a long road. I've gained like a yeah. hundred pounds from taking them. My smoking increased so much because every yeah. time you take them, because it feels like you're taking two shots of vodka. I guess that's absolutely the best way to say it. More. Yeah, and you're like chain smoking. Yep. And then, um, that's what actually, when I, um, uh, I told my family that and I said, and my um, husband too, I said, that's a sign like, you know, that I've relapsed or whatever when I'm smoking a lot. Cause that, you know, you do smoke a lot more. Yeah. And, and that's one sign of it in like, nobody knew my family. Like, and, and I never, I don't, they never really, I never really brought them into it. Cause I never missed work. Yeah. I never, I never, um, miss the birthday. I never miss this. I never, I never, that's why I said it was functioning because yeah, I, that's I, absolutely functioning. I, and because I didn't, I didn't do all those dark things. I, I didn't steal from people. I didn't steal from, yeah, we actually did steal from someone's house once. That's because we didn't like him. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know if that sounds bad or not, but he, and so like, like they had, someone had like 240 in their house or whatever. It was one of our old bosses and me and, my best friend at the time who went to rehab for um, for abusing him. <laughs> we just went over a few times. We take a couple. Let's do just take the whole bottle. Yeah. And it was just you know that's why I said and that's why I said before the show is like I have I still have demons because all I can take is really one bad day. 
because I started taking yes. it for anxiety. Uh, and then I met Xanax, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, holy cow, that is just. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where I I'm at now. And where where did your start? And then how are you doing? Uh, I mean, where do I even start? Um, you know, I've been battling addiction on and off for the last 10 years. Um, and I do want to say that addiction doesn't discriminate. You know, I came from, I came from, I had the best family, the best childhood, um, the best parents, uh, friends, everything. And, um, had nothing to do with that. So I do want to get that out there because a lot of people, blame their family or blame and and a lot of times that is the case like um but in my situation that wasn't the case i and i've you know in and out of rehab the last 10 years i've done a lot of therapy um a lot of i'm in you know the 12 step fellowship i've done a lot of soul searching and um trying i'm trying to get to the root of why i even started but um but you know i i think Looking back, I think that I, it was peer pressure at first, like in high school, like, you know, kind of drank and smoked and stuff to fit in. And then in college, um, I dabbled here and there, but nothing, thank God, because I graduated, you know, and um, that would have been a big regret if I, if if my addiction would have started like early in life. But, but I did dabble here and there. I smoked pot in college um, daily. And first time we met. Yeah, I mean, first time we met, we were in one of our friends' cars, and then this—that's—I don't know, maybe that's why we got along. Is like we smoked pot. It was the first thing we did together, yeah. smoke pot, and we just hung out. And then that's what I did, yeah. And it was weird, is because I wasn't a big pot guy, just for the simple reason yeah. is I always kept getting sore throats. But I was like, <laughs> there's this pretty girl sitting next to me who wants to get high. I'm a, oh, I'm a bad influence. Oh no, I was, I was just as bad. <laughs> but like, I mean, but then again, but but. And, but it, who, some of the people we were around though is, and they're great people and, yeah. and I'd love to see them. Um, but I just know is like when you come to a small town, there's nothing else to do. Nothing. Parking lot. Yeah. And then you're, dr- I mean, I remember for my birthday, I think it was my 18th birthday. Somebody bought me a six pack and gave me three joints. Right? That was my 18th birthday. Yeah. And I do blame it on that a little bit because there was nothing to do and I wasn't really in sports or anything. So, um, yeah i was that honestly i was in sports and that's when i got introduced to all this really i remember the first house I, i'm not gonna say the person's house but i went yeah. to this person's house and then and, and i'm sitting in a driveway and i'm just looking at this house and it's like a half million dollar home or whatever it was during yeah. the time and i walk in and there's whatever you wanted yeah and then it's like the athletes the popular kids they're like hey man you want to drink or hey you want to smoke a cigarette or yeah so and and i'm just like holy cow like in that peer pressure like you said was like i want to fit in and, and then yeah. and then that's that's the scariest part is and that's where i think a lot of it starts because it does have nothing to do with your family you have a great family oh you, my God. you know you have a great family and then i mean your family was very well regarded i mean yeah. it was and i want to get that out of the way too is that's why i never went in your house um <laughs> that's so that's just gonna be a running joke for everything now <laughs> so it wasn't just you andy it was also brooke's house <laughs> and then the other girl's house but but <laughs> that's where it started for me was because i was like i want to fit in yeah and then this pretty girl wants to get high i'm gonna get high with her and show her i'm cool yeah and then both are like well i want to be cool because these older guys are doing yeah, it yeah so we're all just morons totally yeah and we're all yeah i know and i hate that because and and i think um somewhere down the line i do think it's hereditary too i think mm-hmm. there's nobody in my immediate family or cousins or or um aunts uncles that are i mean and it's crazy but no one in my immediate family has addiction or alcoholism there i do have a great uncle that was an alcoholic and i do have a uncle that might be um but i i don't know i mean i i think that so anyways so i i I remember i was in i had kidney stones when i was in um high school and I went, I actually had them in fifth grade too. And then I had them in high school and I, um, in high school, they gave me morphine on an IV in the hospital. And I remember that feeling like they say like kind of in the program and stuff, they say that click. And I just remember that warm feeling and I loved it. And, um, I will never forget that feeling, that first feeling. 
Um, and that kind of started the wanting to get out of my head a little bit. So, um, but I didn't act on, I mean, I was in high school, so I didn't act on it. I, you know, I drank and smoked and stuff, but I never like, you know, got into it serious until way after that. But, um, but yeah, so I, I graduated college and, and then I got a really good job, um, after college at a TV station and I worked there in Louisville and, um, that's when I started taking, I, I had arthritis in my ankles. That's what it started it. And I, um, I, a friend of ours that you probably know, um, got me some pain pills and, um, I took them and it was like, I loved, I, you know, I love the feeling and it helped with my arthritis too. So I, um, took them and then I just kept buying them. And then I, and I found a guy in Louisville that I started buying them from. And then, um, I mean, the, I, the, my story is so long and there's so many ups and downs, but basically he all of a sudden said, oh, I can't get uh, Vicodin. Anymore. They were like Vicodin or hydrocodone. I can't get these anymore. I, all I can get is Oxycontin. And obviously, now that I think about it, he did that on purpose, you know, because they were way more expensive and way more addicting. Because it's like, there isn't like a dollar a gram, right? It was like, a yeah, a dollar a milligram. So it was like $80 per pill for an 80 milligram Oxycontin. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah. I, I took one of those and thank God I'm blessed because it made me sick. And I yeah. Like, I, I and never... most, and that's what normal people, normal people have that reaction. They, it makes them nauseous, it makes them sick. Addicts. Like that, it had the opposite of, you know, like I loved it and it gave me energy. I didn't like the high. That's why I didn't like. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is going to be, this is like, um, I had a buddy had like five of them. He was like, hey man, like you want these? And he was like, I'll give them to you for half price. I was like, cool. So yeah. I gave them a couple of my buddies. We took them and then I was just like, like this is a weird high. Yeah. Like it was, it was like, it was real weird instead of being that, I was used to that the uh, Vicodin, which was just mm-hmm. like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Like, you guys want to go? You guys want to go run, run around? And uh, because because it was a lot stronger. Yeah, and I and I was just like, because I didn't like anything to make me go. Yeah, because I, I was working a lot of hours, and that's what started it too for me. It was like, man, I'm here seven thirty to nine thirty five days totally. a week. And then like in energy and people knew when I would take them, like other people that knew, like I took them because I'd start going, Hey, but 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 and you do, 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 yeah. do, do. so our early episodes, I'm still on the stronger ones and I get real nervous. I would take one and then you could tell I was like, Hey, yeah, you like the, do, do, do. And it sounded so, <laughs> it sounded so bad. So, um, and then after that, when you took those, like, did, did you really enjoy those more? Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. And it just took me. I mean, literally, I, I was addicted immediately to those, and mm. um, and those, those I was snorting, so I started snorting those, and then, um, and then, um, it just progressively got worse, you know. And I then I started calling into work when I didn't, ha- you know, I would get withdrawal, I would get sick if I didn't have it, if he wouldn't answer the phone, or, you know, and um, so finally I. Um, I tried going to the methadone clinic. That didn't work. That's just, in my opinion, it works for some people, in my opinion. For me, it was just substituting one thing for another. Um, I Finally, they liked, they. I was there at the TV station for so long. I was there almost five years, and they really liked me, you know, um, and they knew that I had a problem. Um, actually, um, one of the anchors called my parents, and um, and then my parents intervened, and that's kind of what happened. But they terminated my position because they wanted me to go get help. So I so they terminated my position so I could draw unemployment. But so I went and got help, and that was the first time I um, tried to get clean. And then I moved back to Seymour, and that was kind of the that was the um, that was the doom for me because I met. And then that's when I met um, my now ex boyfriend, who actually is dead of an overdose now um but i met him and then that's when i got into heroin um and and then it just i mean obviously it just it's, and and people people get into heroin from pain pills because it's cheaper and you can find it uh, it's it's easier to find so um yeah and then that's and then we got arrested um 2000 it was 2000 so 2009, I had a really bad car accident. Do you remember that? No, actually, I do not. You because know? I didn't have Facebook until 2016 or 17. Okay. So I was yeah. disconnected from um, a lot 
because uh, I knew about like the arrest. Yeah. Because someone said it to me. Because Ugh. that's what we do when Ugh. people are down. Yeah. Is we want to push them either further down. Yeah. And that was and that and I had Facebook and that was really a dark time in my life because people were sharing the art. I mean, my mugshot was on the front page of the Seymour Tribune and that. Yeah. Someone sent it to me. It was awful. And it was ve- it was not off. And you know what? Me, I dug my own grave. I did it or whatever. Well, that's why I'm For glad my that- family. It was awful. Well, that's why I'm glad we never worked out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I had to make you laugh. I was like, damn, it looks rough in this photo. <laughs> oh my God. The worst. I, I know. I'm dead. Because that's why someone said I'm so glad that you can't find that. I, I've, I've searched for it. Look, like somebody sent me that because they knew like, hey, didn't you really like her? Yeah. Look at her, look yeah, at her look now. Look at her now. I, know. I was like, it man, was I awful. dodged a huge bullet. It was awful. And I, yeah. So, so it was actually October of 2009. So it'd been 10 years last month. Um, I got in a really bad car accident. I was on right there on um, Crane Hill. Yep. And I, um, I uh, was using and I um, swerved over the center, center line and hit a semi that was carrying 10,000 gallons of gasoline. And I happened, by the grace of God, happened to hit the rear axle of it. I knocked the rear axle of it off and the semi driver kept it upright or else it would have blown up and I would have, you know, we would have both been dead. But I was tra- trapped in my car. They had to use the jaws of life to get me out. And I broke every bone, like on my left side. I broke my arm, my hip, my femur, my knee, my lower leg, everything. So, so that should have been my bottom, you know, and it wasn't. I mean, that was 10 years ago. So, um, but, um, so I was in, you know, Columbus, I was at Methodist and I was in Columbus and, um, for a long time and then got out, um, went to rehab, got, got back out and, um, relapsed immediately. And, and then that's when I got arrested on those charges. I mean, it was all within a span of three months. Yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, and then it's crazy because he's, you know, gone now of an overdose. So that's kind of, that's just, you know, weird. Yeah. Here, pull that, pull that in front of you. Okay. I'm looking at you and talking. <laughs> I know. That's weird after 20 years staring at somebody <laughs> who still has this Tom Selleck Halloween mustache, I understand. So anyways, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to doom and gloom, you know, but, but like those, those things should have been my bottom and they weren't. And I've had you know a couple other relapses since then and um and it's just you know it's a it's a never-ending struggle and it's it's something it's a daily fight that i'm gonna be fighting the rest of my life and that's why they say one day at a time because i can't possibly you know say that i'm never gonna use again but i know that i'm not gonna use today and i know that my life is so much better today so yeah and and that's why i want to have you on talk to you is because your story and my story are same but different right yeah but there's still there's still an X factor involved, which is yeah. a some kind of chemical we put in our body that like you know yeah and 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 that is and people hear this and be like okay like I have a problem or maybe someone knows I have a problem uh, because yes. the worst thing is is people don't get involved yeah we'll go on social media and send people your mugshot and then um you know make fun of other people i saw a facebook post the other day so i'm glad it, this this person's dead he was an addict and he was oh, bad, that bad makes me so kid. mad when i see something and then like i'm that. and i was just like and i know the person i was like dude you don't even know that i struggle with that mm-hmm. and and because just because you don't see it doesn't know what someone's struggling with i'm not saying you have to be sympathetic to everybody yeah but i mean there's a lot of issues that people have is and and then like a like i talked with uh dustin about was like i deal with anxiety i deal with that and then it's amplified at time because of this chemical i put in my body yes and i've made a lot of bad decisions but i'm still here yep and i have a platform to bring on people to talk about what they go through yeah um because i knew part of your story because uh, we had page on me and you text back mm-hmm. and forth and then i knew about it yeah and and but i just knew that who you are and, and i know it's kind of hard to say i saw it a long time ago but you are an alpha and then you you are the type of person that can help people yeah and i don't think you realize that though yeah because like just coming here and doing this was probably just hugely 
Because you said you were nervous, which most yeah. people are nervous. It's hard to talk about. Yeah, I'm nervous. Well, first of all, because I haven't been on the radio in you know years, but um, but also it's hard to talk about this because it's there's such a stigma, and still there's such a stigma, you know. And that's why I want to have you on because I know people are going to listen to this from my hometown. Yeah. And and I have nothing negative to say about my hometown. My mom still lives there. Yeah. My pops is buried there. Me too. Same. My, my whole family. My brother. My brother. My brother's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. It was almost a chance to wait to like tell your story, and then I've told my story, and not not with my addiction. Like I've talked about it on Smugcast, but like it, it got bad. Yeah, and, and I would have never known. Like I would, I would be like, okay, so I'm running low. So what I'll do is you panic. I'll take I'll take a half pill, and then I'm gonna drink two beers because that way I'll still have my high. Yep. And then like you start compensate. Yeah, and you start rationalizing things in your head, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 then but you have this internal struggle and, and no one knew about it. Yeah. I mean my best friend It's and, such an internal struggle. That's the best way to put it. And then when you have someone else with you, like I start getting better. You know, and I have I have a beautiful wife and I have two beautiful kids and then like none of that mattered. Right? Well, oh my gosh. Same. You know, I I have a beautiful family. Yes. Um, you know, I have two gorgeous stepsons that are just, they they just love me and I just love them. You know, they're the best. They couldn't be better. And I have a beautiful son and, you know, a beautiful husband. And um, yeah, you're right. None of that. You don't think of any of that in the midst of everything. The, and um, You're selfish and you're self-centered. Oh my gosh, then- it's the most selfish disease ever. And that's what, you know, my brother and sister still are upset with me about the relapses and um uh they you know they talk they'll talk to me but they they have a hard time like you know accepting what i've put my family through and everything and i understand that's the most selfish it's the most selfish disease ever but like you do things that you would never ever do normally in a normal frame of mind a normal state of mind thing like i wasn't i wasn't um raised to do the things that i did in my addiction just steal lie you know stuff like that end up in places and then all of a sudden you're yeah. like like how like, like what am i doing like am i gonna get shot being yeah here? and i was an isolated user like i i used by myself i never really used like i hid it i had this double life that i tried to you know and and i thought i was hiding it people knew but um you know like Paige and trisha were the first to know always when i was using but um, and and my my husband and um, but but yeah, it's just this double life and it's just crazy. It's uh, it's insane. Yeah. And I think that's why it's, a lot. It's a devil. I think why well some people do overdose. It's not because it's parts of the addiction, but the other part is is like I just need to end it for these other people. Yeah. Because they, you know, I'm what I'm putting them through. Yeah, it's worse and what then, I put everybody through than myself yeah and then 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 you're like well i'm selfish if i do this and then like in your mind it'd be easier if i wasn't here yeah Yeah. and your mind's insane like Mm -hmm. your mind is is like right now we're running this equipment having this conversation we're doing all these great things but also your mind can also turn its dark side for you yeah and and being i've always been a dark person but no one like you said no one knows never would have known but like i'm such a dark person and but i've surrounded myself with other people who are opposite of me um uh, i'm a very positive person to you like right now i'll be i'll be every support you need yeah but like you do, do for me like i i don't like i won't i just don't get it i don't I'm like what are you talking about you just in my mind i'm like yeah whatever yeah because i know and but yeah i know what you mean having kids is is, is also very difficult because i mean because I try to be honest with them and I haven't talked to them about addiction yet because mm-hmm. they still play tag at 16 at one in the morning. Yeah. And, and this is a funny story is, um, uh, Steph goes, man, these guys are making a bunch of noise. Can you go tell them to be quiet? I went out there. It's like, what, what are you guys doing? There's 17, 16, 15, 14 yeah. year old kids at our house, like six, seven kids. I'm like, Hey, I got, we gotta be up at five. What are you guys doing? Oh, we're just playing tag dad. <laughs> and I was like, Carry Go on, ahead. carry yeah, on. Right. I just went back. I just went back into bed. She's like, "What'd you tell him?" I was like, "Steph, they're playing tag." She's like, "You tell him to be quiet." It's like, Steph, do you know what I was doing at their age? <laughs> yeah, right. I was. Just I like, know. I was like, I was drinking, smoking pot, yeah. smoking heaters. Par- yeah. Probably with some girl I'm not going to talk to anymore. 
Yeah. I'm like, these guys are out there taking selfies and playing tag. She's I like, know. She goes, all right, carry on. We went. To, we just went to sleep. Yeah. So I'm known because with 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 AP and and, and um, um, Cav, like they've done so much stuff, and they won't listen to you. They won't like your kids. Probably won't listen to you about certain things. They won't. Mm-hmm. But if you have someone else in, in in your family, so when AP tells them things like that, and totally, and I feel like they listen to him. We were talking about my son's driving, and my wife makes him nervous because she does the whole handle and stuff, and then so like he <laughs> likes to drive with me. But I said, let's have AP drive with him, and just things like that because we think we have to fix everything. I guess my yeah. point is, we feel like we have to fix everything ourselves. Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. I've been trying to fix myself oh, for 39 years. You can't. And yeah, we've sat down and we've had the, because my stepson's, um, you know, my husband's in recovery too. And um, they've got, my stepson's have addiction on both sides. So we've sat down and we've had the talk with them. They're 12 and 15. And um, and the 15 year old, he's he's a good kid. He's in band. I mean, he's 15. So he won't, he doesn't want anything to do with us. And he, we're stupid and he won't talk to us. And he, you know, wants to be with his friends all the time. But he's a good kid, makes good yep. grades. And, um, and he understands. And he, and I truly believe he is scared to touch because of, you know, the stories Chris has told him. And now, Caden, I don't know, the 12 year old, we'll see. He's a little wild. But Colin's already smoke pot, my youngest. Really? Mm-hmm. How do you know that? They, they, he, he's told open, me, he told, he told me, you? Yeah. yeah I, I, How old is he? Uh, he's 14, going to be yeah, 15 in March. that's so scary. So, first of all, he's an idiot. I don't mean this in a disrespectful yeah. way. Hide your stuff better, boy. Yeah. He had an iPhone box and then, um, <laughs> and then found it. And then because, honestly, I don't even blame it on them wanting to get high. Like they were just on Snapchat. They it's it's all about blowing out the smoke, right? Oh That's what gosh. it's all about, right? It's like yeah, I so can't even had, imagine. So they had so they had vape. So we found weed or whatever, and, I, and then I did talk to him about it because my oldest son Luke's is like he's an idiot and like he used some other harsher words, <laughs> and but I, and and I sit down and talked to him, and then it was right after my my pops had passed, and yeah. my both boys had a connection with him, but my youngest Colin had a. A deeper connection with him on some levels because of sports he always tried to teach uh pops black culture yeah which was hilarious because he'd be i have no idea <laughs> what he's talking about and but i think after that because colin's grade started to fall a little bit and he was not around some of the best kids they did make a great bong out of a um a milk carton i was actually oh impressed with that one <laughs> but they hid it behind the shed and it blew out yeah um we found the other things and then but but this year, though, as a freshman, he met older kids that were that were like into fitness, into things, and Good. And, and, and he was like, and ever since then, his grades went up. Yeah. But he went through a traumatic thing of seeing 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 me up there talking, doing the eulogy, crying like, wow, dad's crying. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. dad's a six three big dude, and yeah. he's crying, and then and then you know both the boys are crying, and I think that. That scared me because that means he went to a dark place and he needed something to help cope. Yeah. Because um, they thought he had HDAD and I was just mm-hmm. like, no, he's just really bored. Yeah. And because I think we over medicate. Totally. And my husband is a big ad. Yeah. Because he's like, no medication. 1.8. It was his grade point average in eighth grade at Greenwood Middle School. Yeah. He's carrying a 3.3 right yeah. now. So same kid. Right. Same morning kid. No medication. Abilities. No medication, but his grades are better. You yeah. know why? Because we want kids to sit a certain way be we want boys to be so because i remember in school i was like i was all over the place yeah like i could tell you how to to, did you make good grades in school if i if i applied myself yeah um but yeah i mean i understood and i could but i was just i didn't want to i just i never wanted to be there yeah because i felt like i just felt like i didn't belong Mm -hmm. i I know it sounds so weird to say because i guess i was popular i guess that's a good you were but I never felt like I belonged anywhere. Yeah, which is crazy. But. And uh, and and a lot of people still deal with that now at 39, 40 years old, and whether in a relationship or a marriage or something happens and, and they become a mom or a dad, and mm-hmm. you know they're like I, you know they just like I still don't belong here. Yeah. And, and 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 that's when you could turn to using too. It's you have to have something. That's to cope. the main. I mean, uh, and all the leads <laughs> I hear, which is like the lead is when someone gives their story at a twelve step meeting. Uh, I would say. 80% say, I always felt like I didn't belong, you know, and that's why they turned to something. Like, I always felt like I just, I just wanted to fit in. I didn't belong. I felt uncomfortable in my own skin. Me too. Yeah. And, and it's hardest because you come from 
a successful family in town. Mm-hmm. I mean, people know who your family are. And then you had your older brother that everybody knew. Yeah. You had your uh, older sister. Older, yep. Yeah. Who looked highly adored. Yep. You know, and then and then you come in. And I was the youngest. You were the youngest, too. Yeah. And then like, all right, like we set the world in front of you on fire. So follow us up. Yeah. And yeah. that's hard to do. And, and, and my brother played sports. Yep. Was really good. Um, my sister made great, great. I mean, it was, you know, almost valedictorian. Um, and then, you know, I, I've just always been the black sheep, but I've I've just always been the, like, um, the wild child. Just like the ham, the, you know, outgoing. Yeah, yeah I've just always. And I, I don't know, you know, and there's a lot, but there, like, I don't know, there was this image that, like, I felt like I always had to live up to, and I never felt like I lived up to that image. So, yeah. No, and, and, that, and, and I don't have a lot of gifts in life. But one is reading people, and I yeah. can always read that. Like I can always feel like you, you, you have to in that in that town. And, and if you think this is negative about town, whatever. Yeah. If you hear this, so you have to have the husband. You have to have the wife. You have mm-hmm. to have the picket fence. You have to. I've, I say this a million times. You have to have the dog and a cat, right? Yeah. And then your kid has to play sports, and yep. then like, oh yeah, you have to put on that. No, you don't have to do that. I know. It's okay not to have to follow the plan that's been shoved down our throat. Yeah. If you don't want to have kids, cool. You don't want to be married, cool. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Absolutely. If, if you if you like I even was self conscious about marrying someone that had been married before with stepkids. Just because Seymour. Yeah. You know? Which is to it's totally normal. I mean, it's totally normal where I where we live. Yeah. But like Seymour it's not. It's cool because so it's a closed minded community yeah. in, in some aspects and I still have friends down here that I love and adore, but I still feel like we live in 1950s at yeah. time. We're we're not separated by maybe, but we're separate. <laughs> we're separated more. I never said it was racism more than I said it was classism, right? Yeah, because it was always like if you tell someone you live, like oh, you live over there. Yeah, totally. And I lived over there, and yeah. I would come to your guys's house, and then I was just like, yeah. I don't belong here. But Why like am I we, here? I never thought that way. But, but I know what you mean. But there's be, but I mean there'd be certain people that would thought that, yeah, think that way. I know what you mean. But and you had the perception of like, hey, you're supposed to be college graduate, have this job, meet the man of your life, have these perfect kids yeah. and this perfect life because yeah. people ahead of you did that. Yeah. And and that's why I'm saying is I'm 39 years old, turn 40 soon. Um, it's okay not to do that. It's okay if you marry someone that has kids. It's okay if you have issues. Or do, like, I did everything later in life. I yeah. I got married when I was 34 and had my first kid at 36. Had, so. had my f- I got married at 21, um, had my first kid at 2003, and then two, the second one in 2005, and I'm done. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> They're teenagers. My son drove me to the gas station. It yeah. was awesome. Like, hey, I don't feel like driving. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I just that was my plan, but in my brain I was like, I have to marry Steph. I mm-hmm. have to get this house. I have to have these kids. Yeah. I have to have this job. I got to mow the lawn. I got to go play golf. I have to do all these things I don't want to do. Yeah. But I felt like we have to do them. And then and then and and I think that's another part where all of a sudden, like you, I know it's a running joke, but a lot of housewives abuse, like Xanax and some of these yeah. other things, is because they're living a life that they that they thought that they wanted and they don't, yeah. and they want to escape. Yes, escape. And, yeah, get out of your head. And we hide it so well. The next thing you know, you're like, "Where's mom at?" And mom's in the middle of six twenty first and post trying to score Xanax yeah. from some dude. Yeah, and she has a, a minivan with a bunch of kids, <laughs> like those sticker kids on the back. Yeah, addiction it, knows right. addiction knows nothing. I mean, but if you grow yeah. up around it, I get it. Um, you know, I was most likely going to become a smoker because I, I lived with a smoker. Yeah. I get it, but Same, that's my but that, husband. Yeah, that's not where I learned it from. Mm-hmm. I learned it from all my other people around yeah. me. So, because the stats, I on choked it, down cigarettes at first. Like what? You know, I hated them. So did you do the like the weird little? <laughs> yeah. You held it weird. Yeah, cough and uh, not inhale. And, yeah. Keep going. You're gonna have an even deeper voice than mine. <laughs> I don't right now. They're like, is it, is it BJ or is it Brooke talking? <laughs> well, good. I'm proud. That's my next vice. I have to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did have some um, stats here that I think yeah. are pretty interesting. Let's do it. So this is from American Addiction Centers. Um, I like googling things. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the National Survey on Drugs Use and Health, 19.7 million Americans. 
um, age 12 and older battle substance abuse disorder in 2017. 19.7 million Americans. Yeah. Insane. It's an epidemic. Uh, 74% of adults suffering from substance use disorder in 2007. 17 struggle with an alcohol use disorder. Because alcohol is still pretty big. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And about 30% of adults in 2017 battled a illicit drug use disorder. But the one thing they leave leave off here, though, they never talk about pharmaceutical companies because pharma uh, was it Purdue Pharma got sued because they were um, it was kind of like when uh, Viagra came out and that's really silly. Like the more you sell, and they would give kickbacks to the doctors. And it was also if you prescribe OxyContin more than you prescribe other things. Yeah. And now they got sued for it. Then they filed bankruptcy mm-hmm. because an addict's an addict. I get it. But we created a lot of addicts. Yeah. Like oh. The pharmaceutical companies are responsible Absolutely. for a lot of this. Joe Kennedy III out of uh, Boston, out of Massachusetts, he was an advocate f- pro um, opiate because his donations came from pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. <laughs> Why is weed not legal in Indiana? Because we have Eli Lilly. Until Eli Lilly can find a way to make money off of it, then it will stay. Um, because I'm an advocate for uh, marijuana. Instead of, if you're going to give somebody something for pain, give them some form of cannabis and not shove prescription pills down their throats. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is that, um, and I don't know if you know much about Suboxone yes. and um, Vivitrol. And yes. like, so, so now the pharmaceutical companies are making a killing off those drugs, you know, fighting this epidemic. And it's like crazy. Like, um, it's easier to get Suboxone now than it is pills off the streets. Yeah. You can go any, any, almost any rehab now will send you out the door with the script of Suboxone. Yeah. And what you do is you cut and people are cutting those in fours. Yeah. Yeah. And they sell for a lot on the street. Yeah. I know. I know. And I was, cause I I was doing research cause I knew I was going to do the show and I was like, (laughs) I still know some people that know some people. Yeah. And I was was like, Hey, what do these go for now? And I was like, what are the prices for this? What are the prices for this? And then, and they told me and they were like, yeah, so I I could find the easiest thing now is find is find scripts. Yeah. Um, It's like 15 to $20 for an eight milligram of Suboxone. And then there still is people out there um, that are not taking them, that are older, that have like cancer and things. They are still offloading them. Yeah. And I can't, I just can't believe it. Yeah. But, um, and so, but that was one of the things I was concerned about. The pharmaceutical companies never are held accountable for anything that they've done. Yeah. Um, and they'll file bankruptcy instead of actually paying for that. And, and then the treatment centers, and there's this, there's a stigma of like, oh, you've been to rehab. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so you're pretty screwed up, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's why we don't like to talk about it. But I'm glad that you did did are talking about it. Because yeah, I've been to almost everyone in Indi- Indianapolis. Do you get a T-shirt every time you go? <laughs> I said that like I was proud. <laughs> You should no. I mean, I'm it's not, awful, and and I and I my hope is that people get it the first time. My story involves several relapses, and hopefully, no more. But but my hope is that people get it the first time around. You know, I didn't. Yeah, but just being brave enough to talk about it, like it's one thing if you're sitting around a bunch of addicts, like when like when me and you first turned on before we turned on mic, me and you could talk about mm-hmm. it because like, and we'd laugh and joke yeah. about certain things, like oh yeah, I did that, yeah. and then oh my god, but um. But someone who is not an addict that is listening to this, like, it's not just that person who's on the corner and says, Homeless. please give me money mm-hmm. for whatever. It's like, it could be your sister, whatever. Anyway, Jim Irsay, for yeah. God's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, he sounds like a fun guy carrying around. <laughs> like, that's the other thing, though. If you have money, get away with things. But, like, he had a bunch of pills and money to go buy pills. Yeah. I want to meet the guy. <laughs> I, want, I just want to meet the guy who was giving him them. That would pull up right? in, like, a limo and he'd be like. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, because we've all been in that sketchy place buying stuff, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah." Oh, I've been the sketchiest, but, but yeah, my problem was um, with my relapses. My problem was I always thought that I could use one time. I always thought like like I, I would have bouts of clean time, and I would think I just want to feel good just for a second, or just get out of my head for a second. I just yep. want to, or or my big thing was have energy. Like um, I just I need energy to clean the house or whatever, and um, 
and and it never that's how that's why I know I'm an addict it never it's ever never once it's if you use that one time it starts that obsession in your brain and you want to feel like that again and again and again and and I always end up using every day after that it's never once for me and that's why they always call it chasing the dragon because you're never going to catch it never ever Uh, yeah one is too many a thousand never enough no and and it's and it's insane but I I think we and I we have to be more open with who we are because you know, we have a different generation um, where we didn't talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I think we could have helped a lot more people if we would just talked about it. Yeah. And I think when you hear like someone like me on the other show talk about like, yeah, I'm mentally messed up in the mm-hmm. head. Like, oh, okay. So it's it's not just me. There's other people yeah. out there. And then like your story with that. And then I, bat, my battle with addiction. Um, but I mean, because I know it could have got a lot worse. But my best friend didn't get a rehab and go through those things. Uh, because they mix alcohol and them. Yeah. And and I just saw like he wrecked a car, lost yeah. a job. Oh, uh, um, everything. Didn't see his kid because, you know, he, he, he like, so I saw that and that's what pulled me, because that's what pulled me back. I didn't need it because I saw Good. myself in him and I was like, I need to pull back. Yeah. But I didn't know how to help him. Mm-hmm. And I read those texts to you off the, I didn't, I, I didn't know what to tell him. Yeah. Because I was like, you need to go. You need yeah. to go. And then I drove one friend to one. And you can't make anybody. We talked about that too. Yeah. Like they've got to want it for themselves. You cannot yeah. make anybody. And my family knows that with me. They've forced me many times to go to rehab. And um, and I haven't, I haven't been, re- I wasn't ready then, you know? And you just have to, you have to want it for yourself. It, it will never work if you don't. Yeah. And, and, and that's the weird, and then no matter what happens in your life until you're ready to do something yourself, it's not, it's not going to change. Mm-mm. And and the more people keep telling you to do something, the more you're like, I'm fine. And I'm stubborn. Alone. Yeah. 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 Because you're like, I can get through it. I can yeah. battle it. And then you can't. And then you have to have a good support system. And and and, yeah. and you have one around you. But then again, it's hard for you to bring stuff up and be like, hey, like I have some problems. And, yeah. then, and then sometimes people overreact. But if you find someone that middle ground to talk to somebody, be like, okay, well, let me know what's, what's going on. And just talk it out. Sometimes you can do that. Yeah. And because I think t- people that want to help sometimes they, they try to help too much and you're like, whoa. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, totally. Like, why are you warming up the car? I'm just yeah. saying I'm having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, let's just get some coffee. And, and that's today. hard for family and friends because there's that fine line. They don't know. It's hard. It's so hard. But, yeah. but yeah. Well, and like I said, is I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um, I am a big fan of yours and you, will, and you will make it. I'm a big fan of yours. But thank 20, you. 22 years we yeah. finally said it to each other you're going to make it because you have the right people around you mm-hmm. and and like just don't like i said on the other side just there there is tomorrow yeah just don't just don't give up and yeah pain's a good motivator yes it is and and like i said is in just having you on here be able to tell your story and be therapeutic and like i said is i think people listen to it and be like but they seem so normal yeah yeah. This way you can't trust social media. Actually reach right? out and things like that. And then and then now you have a whole new people around us to listen to this that know that like they're pulling for you too. Yeah. Thank so you. I was just making it for being a dick a long time ago. Because <laughs> I know I was. Well, I was a dick right back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, is this what dating is? Like this, right? this is stupid. I was mean. I was too. Yeah, we you, both were. You brought it out though. We both were. Yeah. Like you just like I was like like okay what's can i do to her yeah and now we're both sitting here talking about how we had addiction and i know isn't that of, crazy you never know no you don't know and then that's why i love what i do i have a passion for this yeah you have I, a platform i want people to be able to tell their stories and just know um we'll wrap it up here is there anything else you want to add anything else you want to plug uh, i could no i could talk all day about this so yeah you did um, great you were nervous but you, you did great i yeah well thanks i was nervous yeah but you are good at making people feel comfortable so thanks i know because straight and you're locked in a room and it's like you see the door close <laughs> and then see all these lights and all these yeah. things going on and you see your voice popping up over there yeah. no and, and and that's it you're from that small town that i'm from and i'm just trying to yeah get away from and, that, that stigma because i got a compliment the other day um for somebody i think it was juice like dude you have so many pe- talented people from your hometown i was like but a lot of them don't know they're talented yes so yeah. I try to, I want to work with talented people, but I don't want to work with cookie cutters. I, I like a little crazy in my life. Yeah. You have yeah. to because yeah. 
the human mind so i've become obsessed with why people do things in the human mind so i i've heard some of the most creative people are are addicts and alcoholics but i don't know if that's true it but is. i do want to say that um if you are struggling if you're listening to this and you are struggling there is hope you know i mean i was i think i was the worst of the worst and um there's hope you know just there's help out there there's so much help because there's, you know? there's middle ground there's where you were and where i was which yeah. is there's that's I, still, there's different levels which is you know my husband was, was where you were too like there's different levels but yeah. yeah and then my social media is always on in the end of the episodes um and i don't care if i know you just send a message yeah that's, you can you can dm me or private message me too for sure Yes, but please keep it appropriate. I know some DM. of you. Yeah. It's so weird. Right? Yeah, just DM me. Yeah. You're going to have a bunch of random people be like, hey, I got some stuff. Yeah. And just be like. Oh, God. No. No. Not about that. No. But no, it's it's great to see how you're doing. Yeah. And it's great to have you on. Um, and like I said, in closing, what I want to say is um, we're going to play a song before we get out of here, which is I knew is one of your favorite artists because yeah, oh, yeah very favorite. Artist. I have to, have to pay attention to things when you have people on. Thanks uh, for doing this. I appreciate that. It's like I said, is I've I knew you worked at a radio station. I knew you had something about you when I met you. In the same way we talk about same thing I said to Paige, same thing I, I said about Trish. Like you three had something together. Yeah. That was always entertaining. I just didn't appreciate <laughs> the time because it was coming towards me. Yeah. <laughs> but now I appreciate it as I'm older. Right. Oh, well, they were some funny people. Yeah. Um and so but we're gonna play Mac Miller, but before we do that, uh, like I said, it's just there's always tomorrow. If you guys need anything, mm-hmm. just ask somebody for some help because help will come from the weirdest place yep as we know so and i'm going to pull this up and i'm going to let you say what song we are going out to uh mac miller self-care all right we'll talk to you next week So like September I fall down, down below Now I know that the medicine be on call Yeah It's feeling like you hot enough to melt Yeah Can't trust no one can't even trust yourself Yeah and I love you I don't love nobody else Yeah Tell them they can take that bullshit elsewhere Self care I'm treating me right Yeah Hell yeah We're gonna be
like to get in contact with the show the email is the bj robbins project at gmail.com facebook is bj robbins twitter is at the bj robbins instagram is bj underscore robbins and snapchat is the bj robbins if you'd like to be a guest on the show please reach out to one of those platforms so we can make that happen thank you <laughs>